Welcome to Found in Space, a science podcast for kids and teens. This episode, we are back with another fantastic question from Keisha, who asks, what is the big red spot on Jupiter? And what is it made of? Have scientists been able to explore how it was formed? So wonderful question. Let's start by talking a little bit about Jupiter itself. So Jupiter is the largest and the most massive planet in our system. It turns out that outside of our solar system, there are planets even bigger and more massive than Jupiter. We call them super Jupiters. But in our system, Jupiter is the king. So Jupiter is named for the Roman god, who's the equivalent of Zeus in Greek mythology, who is the king of the gods and the king of lightning and thunder. Now, as a planet, Jupiter is totally different than what we are used to, because we come from a solid planet, a terrestrial planet, where we can get out and walk around, right? And yeah, there's water on the surface of our planet, but we're really made mostly from rock and metal, from solid things. So this is like the terrestrial planets and the dwarf planets. We are solid, but Jupiter is not. Now, Jupiter is called a gas giant. And that name is a little bit misleading because when we talk about gas in the space sciences, we don't mean vapor, right? We don't mean that it's in the gas state of matter. We mean that it's made out of hydrogen and helium. So for the most part, we think that Jupiter is mostly hydrogen. This is the most common element, so a building block for stuff in the universe. And just like a star, Jupiter's mostly hydrogen, and it's got a lot of helium, and then it has a little mixture of all of the other stuff. And that's where it's getting those beautiful and interesting colors from that we're going to talk about in a moment. Now, there's a lot that we really don't understand about this planet yet either. But the basics for what we think we do understand is that unlike a terrestrial planet, unlike a solid planet, there wouldn't be anywhere to land on Jupiter. Jupiter is gassy on the surface. So just like a terrestrial planet, it has an atmosphere, a layer of gas held to it by gravity. And that's what we can see from the outside. When we see those stripes and swirls and all of that, that's happening in the atmosphere. Now up next to space, it's going to be very, very cold because Jupiter is really far away from the sun. It's about five times as far away from the sun as we at Earth are. But we think that going deeper and deeper into Jupiter, it's going to start getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And this is because Jupiter is so massive. It has so much mass that the weight of all of that air up above, crushing down, squeezing down, starts to squeeze everything together and starts to heat it up. So 
as let's pretend that we had a space probe that we could send down into Jupiter. So as our probe is going deeper and deeper and deeper, the material around the probe is going to start getting hotter and hotter and hotter and starting to squeeze and squeeze and squeeze. Now, eventually we think that instead of just being hydrogen in the state of matter of gas, that gas is going to get squeezed into a hot liquid. And so beneath the clouds on Jupiter is a hot boiling liquid ocean of hydrogen. Now, keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And we're going to go thousands and th thousands of kilometers deep into Jupiter because remember Jupiter is way, way bigger than we are. Eventually gets so deep where it's so hot. There's so much pressure that the hydrogen is squeezed together to such a point that it becomes something like a metal. We call it metallic hydrogen. So it's like a liquid metal churning about. By the time we get down to the center, it's probably about 20,000 degrees hot. <laughs> yeah, so really, really intense. But we don't think that there's anywhere to ever really land. So in some past models, scientists thought that maybe there might be a solid body core at the center, like a big ball of rock and iron. But the newer models are suggesting that it's probably not like this. That it's probably more like this, this, this very diffuse, dense, slushy core. So the heaviest stuff would probably sink to the bottom. So there's probably a lot of iron and a lot of uranium and all those heavy things that we have here on Earth, but there's just so much more of the hydrogen. So Jupiter's probably layered in that way. But what we're thinking about today is from the surface. Now remember I said that way up next to space, it's gonna be very, very cold, but way down in the center of the planet is gonna be burning, burning, burning hot. Well, that difference between the cold up top and the hot down at the bottom is probably causing some moving, some churning. And we think that that's probably what powers the weather and the storms up above, is that difference in heat from the outside to the inside. Now here on Earth, storms are powered also by a difference in temperature. But our temperature is mostly coming from the sun because we're pretty close to the sun. We get a lot of solar radiation. Jupiter's a lot farther away, so the sun probably doesn't play as big a role in Jupiter's weather as ours. Now back up on the surface, one of the most noticeable things about Jupiter is it's covered in these stripes. And there's, again, so much that we're still trying to learn about these. But we have some areas where we have the warm material coming up, and then that warm air, and then we have the cooler air sinking down. And we have different zones of high pressure and low pressure. And we've got incredible winds. And also, the planet is spinning really, really fast. So Earth, we take about 24 hours to go around once. Jupiter takes about 10 hours to spin around once. And think about how much bigger of a planet it is. So we've got all of this movement happening, and this is creating winds. 
really powerful winds that are hundreds of kilometers per hour, just whipping around the, the planet. And another thing that's very different about Jupiter than us is that, well, Jupiter doesn't have any land for this wind to hit. So if we have a big storm form on Earth, that storm can go for a while and then eventually it smashes into a continent and that storm gets broken up. On Jupiter, there isn't one. Same thing with Saturn, by the way, and Uranus and Neptune. They just keep going and going and going. There's nothing to stop it. So we're really interested in studying these systems because it teaches us a lot about weather in a much more extreme environment than we have here on Earth. I mean, we can get some pretty intense storms here, but our storms are nothing compared to what's going on on Jupiter. So the red spot that we see on Jupiter is a ginormous storm. It's basically like a huge hurricane that has probably been going for hundreds of years. So remember that telescopes haven't been around forever. We've only had them since the 1600s. And so back in, I believe it was, was the 1665, I think, there's a recording of there being a something on Jupiter that sounds a lot like the big red spot, right? And so that's probably our first recording of a human seeing that storm. Well, that's a long time ago, right? So hundreds of years. Now, after that, we have a lot more recordings of studying this particular spot, continuous monitoring of the spot. And today we study it a lot. And we've seen that over the years, it grows a little bit, it shrinks a little bit. And one of the things that we know now is that it grows in height and it shrinks in height because this is actually a giant storm that towers up into the Jovian sky. Jovian, by the way, is our word for Jupiter. So the sky of Jupiter is the Jovian sky. Or a moon that belongs to Jupiter is a Jovian moon. I love that word. It's such a great word. Okay, so this is just this ginormous storm. And it's big enough that Earth would fit into it, right? It is that huge of a thing. Now, what is it made of is a fascinating question because we don't yet have a good answer for that. So let's think about what Jupiter's made of in general. We said it's made mostly from hydrogen, but there is a mixture of some other stuff in there as well. And those little bits of other is what's actually giving it its color. Now, most of the other, there is some helium. Helium doesn't tend to interact much with other elements because it's a special kind of element that we call a noble gas. And so it doesn't tend to interact, it's just sort of there. But there's also a lot of carbon and nitrogen. Now carbon, nitrogen, and hydrogen are really good at bonding to each other. So sticking to each other to form new and interesting chemicals. And there's all kinds of different chemicals that we see in our own atmosphere and in Jupiter and the other giant planets as well. Some really common ones being ammonia and methane. And little bits of these chemicals and other ones that are made, again, mostly from those elements, but there is a little sprinkling of the other ones in there as well, are creating these really interesting colors, these beautiful, soft, 
golden oranges and light lavenders and pale blues and actually by the poles jupiter has these really intense blue storms at either of the north and the south pole just stunning well when it comes to the red spot we think that it has something to do with a type of light called uv or ultraviolet coming from the sun and breaking some of these molecules some of these chemicals apart to make new ones and that's what gives it its red color but we're really not sure yet we really need to do a lot more studying about it so for the time being most studying that we do of jupiter is done through telescopes that are either on earth or orbiting earth like the hubble space telescope and we actually have sent some missions to jupiter and jupiter has its own orbiter right now it's got its own satellite called juno and so juno's been able to take a lot of pictures and juno's also been able to take gravity measurements which help us to get a sense of the amount of mass and stuff in this storm and using different types of light using gravity we can map it but remember it's a storm so it keeps changing constantly. So we map it and then we map it again and then again and again, and we try and study it and understand it the best we can. So meteorology is the study of weather and climate. And you can be a meteorologist who's a planetary scientist who studies planets. Planetary science is awesome because it has so many different kinds of fields involved in it. Geologists, and then it has astronomers, hydrologists, those are people who study water, meteorologists, all of these different fields coming together to try and understand something as big and complex as an entire planet. And not just any planet, but the biggest planet in our entire solar system. All right, so Keisha, thank you for another great question. And thank you so much for hanging out with us here on the podcast. If you have any questions that you would like us to talk about on the podcast, please have your folks send it into the email in the description box. And as always, friends, I hope that you have dark skies and remember to stay curious. <laughs>